Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey Podcast. This is episode 67. And actually, I was just talking to Stacey, this is a milestone episode. This is the 50th episode that me and Stacey have recorded together. And actually, we're recording this on May the 1st, so it's the start of a new cycle, a new month. So yeah, it feels like a, the end of a cycle and beginning of new cycles and beginning of a new exciting thing. So I'm excited to get this episode going. And, you know, it wouldn't be one of our podcasts if I didn't introduce the amazing, the stunning, the healer extraordinaire and published author, Stacey Brown. Stacey, I'd love it for you to introduce yourself, please. Hi, friends. I'm really excited to, to be here for the 50th time on the 67th episode of this podcast. I'm Stacy. I'm an intuitive healer and a certified Reiki practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor and coach. I'm an Akashic record reader, a podcast host and creator. And yes, I recently published my first book. Yay. Stacey, you know, I love being in this space with you and oh, 50 episodes gone really quick. Um, but also a lot has happened in that time. So, um, yeah, and I remember when we first started, um, I think I said, you know, we're going to do a series of podcasts together at that time. Um, did we know that you were going to, you know, you were going to be an ongoing partner in this podcast and then it was going to become a joint one? I'm not sure we did, but I think we knew that we were going to work together on lots of things and it was the beginning of, a, of an exciting partnership. So I'm excited to be here with you, 50 episodes. So you know how I love to always start an episode about, talking about shining a light I'm a big believer that you know everything that's really important that we shine a light on ourselves first because when we do that it allows us to shine a light even brighter mm -hmm. so you know I love asking you Stace what have you done today to shine a light on you so I think sometimes shining the light can be in little ways and then sometimes I think they're more significant but um one of the ways is I have to drive my daughter to and from school a couple of days a week. And so we got in the car this morning and she insisted on us listening to some music. And I made sure that I kept the music going after I dropped her off and drove home. Sounds like a little thing, but it definitely impacts my mood. And then the other way that I decided to shine a light on me is I've really been getting back into fitness and making it a priority on a regular basis. So even though I just had a short window of time, I did get a workout in this morning and it was a good way to start the day. What about you, Nims? Nice. Um, actually, today's a public holiday in the UK, so it meant uh, kind of a slow start to the day. So I did some meditation, spent some time in the garden, just really reconnected with me. Um, actually, also, also being a public holiday meant actually we can do, a, we could spend a lot of time working on the healing stuff. So yeah, we had a discovery call. We worked on um, month three of a group mentorship program we have going on. So just it was nice to also kind of be able to concentrate on some of the spiritual stuff we have going on um, and kind of spend some quality time there. And obviously, recording a podcast with you is always a is always a great way to shine my light. So, but yeah, moving on to this week's topic. So this week's topic is an interesting one: is soul contracts. Um, I'll give you my perspective on soul contracts and kind of this is the work I did with my mentor Sidra and kind of what, what she taught me and kind of what I've learned along the way. Um, I'm a big believer that before our soul incarnates into our physical body in this lifetime, it already knows 
what it needs to experience to expand in this lifetime. Maybe it's unconditional love, maybe it's um, heartbreak, maybe it's yeah, some sort of um, betrayal, um, jealousy, what it could, whatever it could be. But the major experience of that soul, the soul already needs, knows what it needs to expand on. And then with that, it looks for other souls to help complete those areas that need to expand it. So maybe it looks for a soul to experience unconditional love. And then further along the line, unconditional heartbreak. You know, maybe there's different, maybe there's, um, you know, you need to experience betrayal. Finds a soul to be able to do that. So, and a lot of the time, again, this is just my view, um, the souls they're picked, especially if it's a deeper lesson, you've probably had previous lives with that same soul because you've, you've got that connection. So you see your soul already knows uh, what it needs to experience. Um, the other thing is... Um, your blood family in your lifetime are typically here to expand you. And they're typically here to teach you a deeper lesson because who else can teach you, teach you, a, deep, teach you a deeper lesson than somebody you've actually grown up with? So your, your blood family are meant to here to expand you. And that means in some ways you don't always need to love them, but they are here to expand you, which is why sometimes our, our blood family are triggering. They annoy us. They trigger us. They, you know, there's, there's, there's maybe there's, there's, there's abuse, heartache, and that's because again, your soul picked your blood family to help you expand in the way that you need to. And I get that could be really triggering, but then what happens is, obviously, a soul when it comes back and it comes into a human into your human body, if it remembered all the soul contracts and knows and you kind of knew how how it needed to expand in this lifetime, you'd avoid those things, right? You'd avoid those those experiences, those souls, because why, why would you want to experience pain? But what happens is you get then a veil of amnesia. So you forget as a soul what you're here to experience. Obviously, your soul knows, but your human doesn't. But then over your lifetime, the veil of amnesia gets lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. And that's why you start to understand your soul contracts. You understand your purpose more and more as you go through life. So again, that's just my perspective. And again, it's what... Um, what I feel, it's like I, I know my soul was, I, I know, for example, one of my challenges in this lifetime is patience. And, you know, kind of that's one of one of the ways I need to expand. So then along the way, people are sent to expand me to, to help to help you be patient. I know that all of us want to experience some sort of pain, some sort of some sort of love, unconditional love. So we're here to we're here, we're that's why I keep saying we're a soul having a human experience. So our soul knows why it's here. And sure, some soul contracts are, you know, we complete, but we hold on to, right? So there may be some people in our life, our soul contract is complete, but we're so used to that person being in our life, we cling on to it because we're worried that, hold on, what if there's nothing else to replace it? The other thing is soul contracts evolve. So just because you finish one soul contract with one person doesn't mean that you haven't got another soul contract with that same person. And it's you. You have to have the knowingness and ask yourself inside. Well, hold on, is my soul contract complete with that person? And feel it. Am I holding on to this person when actually my soul contract is complete? You could also ask. Well, hold on, is is my current soul contract with this person complete? And do I have another soul contract? And you've got to trust those answers, right? Because um, you you'll get you'll get your messages, you'll get your answers. Sometimes your ego steps in and tells you what you want to hear. And maybe, you know, you're holding on to things that don't serve you. And, but you go, might say, no, no, you can't let go of that person. 
but you've got to recognize the message from your ego and the message from yourself. And for sure, you could do things like book a joint Akashic with us or something like that for us, so that for you to understand, get a deeper understanding of your soul contract. Um, but ultimately, you know your answers inside you. And it's a feeling, it's a kind of a connection, it's a it's that touch point. So Stacey, I've kind of spoken and kind of gone off at a tangent, um, but you can tell I've thought about this a lot um, in terms of my soul contracts, right? In terms of, um, you know, in terms of meeting you, you you know, you, you came into my life and very quickly became a close friend and very quickly became a business partner, right? And we, we do most business things together. So I, I, I believe you came to my life because you meant it. We were contracted to, um, and it's even, it's interesting. It's like, you know, the, the friend that connected us is no longer connected with us anymore. So you're like, well, would we have still met with that person? I believe we would have. I think it, I think we were meant to. It's even like my mentor and, and coach, I met her through an ex. And um, I, again, I'm a big believer that we were meant to meet anyway. Maybe, maybe, maybe I connected with that ex just to guide me to Sidra. Who knows? Maybe that was our soul contract. So what do you think about soul contract, Stace? What's your view on it? What would you like to share? So I'm in agreement with you that I think that for me, it feels like we signed up for this mission and the people that we're going to interact with. Um, I was of the mindset for a very long time that I was deprived in my family of origin, that I didn't get the, the kind of relationship with my parents that I wanted. And I spent a lot of time in that space of kind of victim mentality that I was screwed out of parents that I had a connection with. It took me a lot of time to understand that I wasn't entitled to what I thought I was in this life with my relationship with my parents. And um, the epiphany for me, along with the understanding that they were here to expand me, came the epiphany that my needs, as far as those parental roles, were always fulfilled by someone as I needed them. So like my needs were still being met, even though it didn't happen in the way that I thought it should. And it's interesting because I feel that my contracts with both of my are complete. So they're still living, um, but we don't interact. And I, at this juncture, do not see that contract coming around again in my life. It feels to me like all that they each played in my life is complete. With that being said, I thought that my soul contract was complete when we divorced the first time. And through a series of events, and I talk about them in my book, we reconnected and remarried. And now we're divorced again. And so I never saw that contract coming around in that way in my life again. And so I think it's fascinating because 
I'm not often aware of whether something is, you know what, I'm about to say it and then I'm, I'm getting corrected. There is a very different feeling this time around with this divorce and the breaking of this tie with my ex-husband. It feels final this time. Uh, I would also say, I mean, having been with you as you, you know, kind of, you kind of recorded your book and all the rest of it, could it have been a separate soul contract? Because your experience the second time around was very different than the first time around. My experience was different, but the ending was the same as far as how it played out and stuff. So I'm not sure. Okay. I think what's I think what's more important, at least in my understanding at this point of soul contracts, I think it's more important to understand that each relationship in our life is contracted in some way. Yeah. Each major right? relationship for sure. And you said something else that's interesting, and that is um let's take the role of of the of the mother or father. You said that even though I can't remember the words you used, but I think you, you implied that other people had come into your life playing a similar role and maybe playing the role and and giving you the things that your actual mother and father can give you. Is that kind of what you were implying? Yeah, like I had this r massive epiphany one day. I was getting ready to go out on a run, and I don't know if I'd had an interaction with one of my parents that sparked it, but I was just pissed off at God. And like, why the hell did you give me these parents? Like, I don't understand what I did wrong, why I don't have this loving relationship. I see all these other beautiful examples of mother-daughter relationships, father-daughter relationships. Mine looks nothing like that. And I got out in front of my house and I started running and I was hitting the pavement hard. And I just heard I mean like for me it's like my communication with God and it was like you're right like I haven't given you what you needed from these two people and I was like okay I'm validated right and then it was like but let me show you all the ways that I provided exactly what you needed when you needed it and it was like I was seeing snapshots of the men and women who came into my life and parented me when I needed it and played that role, that loving parental role of serving me in whatever way, whether it was helping me with childcare with my kids or it was bringing me a meal, but it, it was just this, I could have stayed stuck in the pain of what I didn't have and that those contracts weren't written in the way that I wanted them written. But instead it was like, let me show you how I met your needs anyway. Let me show you the ways that I showed up. And it, I, I do think it's interesting because I think oftentimes we as human beings have expectations of what the contract is with someone, right? Very true. Like someone, someone comes into our life and we are like, oh my gosh, like this person is going to be X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like they're going to fill this space for me. And yet how often does it really play out that way? Well, what if they're meant to do two things? What if they're meant to show you a glimpse of what is possible 
but then also as part of that contract, they're meant to inflict some sort of pain, some sort of lesson to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, you know, soul contracts, especially those that are deeper, and you know, you you're meant to learn a lot from the person, is probably multifaceted, and I, I guess we've got to be open to to really really having a conversation with ourselves and say, hold on, um, what was the lesson this person was meant to teach me? Have I learned that message? Because um, it's interesting, and I kind of this topic made me think about um, my spiritual awakening. So my spiritual awakening happened when, well, multifaceted for sure, but a big part of it was when a friend of mine at the time was jealous of my success, and she did a bit of black magic, the Hindu black magic, so that I would not be successful. And not sure why she didn't do something to make herself successful, but that's a different but that led to me being made redundant, out of work for two years in my darkest place. But when I got out of it and I was guided to get out of it, um, over time, I realized that I had a soul contract with her to help me with that spiritual awakening. And that understanding meant that I'm not angry with her anymore. For sure, she's not in my life because why would I? But I'm not angry because I recognize this is all soul contract. Even the ex that I was talking about before, I mean, we were engaged um, and, you know, the relationship ended relatively badly, but she guided me to my mentors. You know, that's how I met my mentor. So was that was that what she was meant to do and then cause that pain? I don't know. But I, I'm, again, I know it was a soul contract. I know it's complete and I'm happy with it. So understanding soul contracts is a good way to help you to understand why certain things happened and maybe let go of them. It doesn't always mean that your lessons are complete. Um, I mean, another example for me is that mentor I talked about, she's now one of my guides. And when she left this realm, I was so confused because I knew, like I knew that our soul contract wasn't complete, but she wasn't here anymore. I'm like, well, how is that going to work? So that's why I learned how to read Akashic Records. And from there, I learned that she's now one of my guides and our soul contract's different, but she's still guiding me in a different sort of way. It's the same with my dad. When he left this realm many years ago, I knew that he'd ascended and I assumed he was busy. So I assumed our soul contract was done because he descended. And what I recognize now is that he is one of my guides. And the reason I couldn't recognize his energy is because his energy is always with me. So the work I've done on soul contracts has helped me understand why certain things have happened to me. Does it make it easier? Maybe a little bit, but we're still a human having... I'm still a soul having human experience. So it means that we've still got to go through the pain, the frustration, the emotional journey, the good, the bad, whatever you want to call it, and who decides what's good or bad. Because this is what our soul's contracted to do. If I could spend 100% of my time on the spiritual part, we've had this conversation, I would love it. But unfortunately, I know I've got to have the human experience too. And it's just, um, you know, it's interesting. And it's like, I want you to talk a little bit about you know, we've been talking a lot recently about the the healing that's I feel that's going on in your energy on the masculine side, and um, you know it's interesting just because you know your soul contract with, with with your dad on the masculine side is complete, but it doesn't mean the expansion and the learning that you've got to do on the masculine is complete. Mm-hmm. And how do you separate the two? Um, I mean, it's, it's challenging. I mean, 
for those who don't know, like I, and I talk a little bit about it in my book, but I had a very toxic, um, father and I can look at it now and I can say, you know what, like he did the best he could with what he had at the time, you know, like he suffered a lot as a young child in the environment that he was raised in. And I believe that he did the best that he could with what he had. Right. But, um, there's definitely still some healing to be done there. And I spent decades of my life trying to run from the the healing and the acknowledgement of this masculine side of things for me and what i was doing was just cultivating more of the same thing because i was energetically attracted to um, similar toxicity to that of my father and in this season um being single and navigating through a season of doing things on my own i'm i'm very aware that i i have some healing to do with this and so how do we handle it when we think our soul contract is done but our healing isn't i think we continue on our healing journey and we recognize that there's still some lessons to be taken whether the person is physically in our orbit anymore or not right like The, the contract can be done while the healing continues. I feel like I've made the decision not to have this person in my life. And yet I can still dig into the impact that that relationship had in my life. And what is there for in, in it for me to learn, right? Because in I think the world would be a different place if we all asked ourselves that question upon every interaction. You know, if we asked ourselves, what is this trying to teach me? Like, what is this relationship, this contract with this person trying to teach me? Um, I can tell you, I even think that happens in layers because um, I'm a year out from separating from my husband and I'm still uncovering the layers of, of, of my takeaway. Like what is it in it for me? And I know that we talk about this often, but getting into it with yourself in writing is such a powerful tool to unpack how these relationships impact you and what contracts you actually have with people. You know, there was something, I think you said it earlier, Nims, or when we were talking, so I, I want to make sure I say it again, but sometimes the contract can be done and we continue on like out of force of habit or unawareness. And I think that it it is really powerful to take the time, when, especially when you have a relationship that maybe is... Um, causing you some contention or some stress to take a closer look at it and ask yourself, first of all, is this relationship serving me in some way? And if it is, how is it serving me? Because I do think that there are relationships that I have kept in my life 
past the point of that expiration date on that contract simply out of fear or habit. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate. And it's interesting because, you know, this this podcast episode is is the week after the rebirth. And it's just there's, there's similarities in the way that we talk about it. Because in many ways, when you go through rebirth, you do complete a lot of your soul contracts because that's part of it, right? You, you leave you leave that part of you behind, but um, as you, it doesn't mean that the lesson that your soul, as you say, needs to experience in this lifetime is complete in its entirety because a lot of time there's less to it, right? You know, people talk about a repeat program. Um, I'm not sure it's a repeat program. What if it's a a deeper experience of the same thing? that you're ready to release. And that's where soul contracts come in, right? And that's why maybe the same person that you you went through the first layer comes through for the second layer. Um, but I love the work that we do because helping people understand their programming kind of helps them understand what they're attracting. And then you can consciously attract what you really need or really want. Because um, it's interesting in your book, the way you talk about, you know, kind of meeting your first partner and kind of the the similarities to, I guess, at the time to your dad, you talk about it in the book. But actually, I'm sure now, whoever you look for in the, in this next, you're going to be more conscious of, right? Because your experience and everything you've been through has helped you to understand your programming and you've has helped you to understand why you did the certain things that you've done. And it's that's just a perfect example of what we're here to do as a human existence, right? We're here to understand and to, you know, kind of um, release the veil of amnesia. So we understand our program. We understand why we're here. We understand. And it's just, it's it's really interesting when you look at it from the outside. And you see, sometimes it's easier to see it from someone else's perspective uh, or somebody else's life just because it is. But it is interesting of our journey, right? Because, as you said earlier, it's your expectations. So what's our expectations of our parents? And what if the universe sends us other divine mothers and divine fathers to to give us the love that we need, like you like you talked about? And sometimes we're so rigid in, in our expectations that it does keep us stuck. I mean, the way I look at when people come into my life, I know people come into my life for a reason, seasonal life. So, you know, there, there's some people that come into your life just for a reason. They come in, short space of space of time, here to teach you something. They teach it you, could be painful, could be not so painful, but they teach you and leave. And that's a, that's a, that's that's the reason. Some people just come into your life, they're meant to just walk along with you for, for along your path for a while, maybe no major reason, just support. That could be the season. And some people come into your life for life. And you know, there's probably a reason and life. But then sometimes we think people are going to be in our lives for life but as it turns out they're not meant to be and that's because we're a different version and we've gone through rebirth many times and the person that made the decision that this person is going to be in my life forever is now changed into a new person with with different expectations with different lessons with different learnings and it meant that that your expectations from this part of your life is now different which is why sometimes, you know, when 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 we separate from a relationship, we you know our expectations are well hold on, I, you know, we hold on to that fairy tale, right? Because 
we're trying to go back to the version that we were. We're trying to go back to the version that made the decision that this was going to be a for life because we're like, well, hold on a second. I signed up for this. I, si I signed up for this, this experience. I signed up for this for a lifetime. And it's that, you know, I guess the question for our listeners is, is, is are you holding on to somebody when your soul contract's complete? Are you holding on to somebody because of an expectation, a fairy tale that you had? But you moved on and your expectations are different to the person that you're with. And it's a difficult question for some people, right? Because all of a sudden, everything that you'd hoped and dreamed has changed. And, um, you know, Stacey, you're, you've gone through more change in a short space of time than, than anyone I know. And it's just, um, you know, to embrace change and to realize that change is the only constant is really powerful. Doesn't make it any less painful. It doesn't. And it's it's been, you know, so much change and the feeling of so much loss because so much has changed. And... I do feel like there can be the feeling of what's wrong with me. Like all these relationships have fallen away, but it's been such a massive shift within me that it would be crazy for me not to recognize that people are going to fall away. And um, I definitely have moments where, I grieve some of those relationships that I thought were going to be longer term. I mean, even business wise, you know, I had people in my orbit that I thought were going to be around for a really long time. And that wasn't the case. And the lessons were very different than what I thought they were when these people came into my life. But it, it always goes back to the same thing. It's like my assumption of what I think these people are supposed to be versus accepting what they actually are, which is a lesson in my journey, a stepping stone, right? Because each one of the experiences that I have brings me into a greater awareness of who I am. And ultimately that's what this is about. Like we're here with a mission to go through whatever experiences are meant for us in this life. And in that, we have people coming on and off our bus, you know, like some are there for a longer ride than others. But for some reason, we think because it's our bus that the ride is going to go the way we expect it to. But ultimately, we're here to fulfill a role. And I, I think about, you know, I spent a lot of years like victimizing myself because I had expectations of what I felt I deserved in this life. And it has been ultimately the greatest blessing because I know pain and I know what it is to go through 
the ending of those soul contracts and the renewing of new ones or old ones that are now coming about again. And it has allowed me to have a more empathic healing space for other people going through the same thing. You know, it's like, I, I really, I turned that bitterness into something powerful, like the insightfulness. Yes. But then passing that knowledge on to other people, because how many of us just operate in a space of unawareness, right? Not trying to understand the deeper meaning behind the relationships that have come into our life. And, and not asking that question, right? Mm -hmm. um, because again, sometimes we hold on, but it's like we change as, as individuals. And it's like sometimes as we grow, other people can't grow at the same level. They grow differently, and that's okay. But that's what that's what also ends in soul contracts. And it's that, you know, it's it's being open to 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 knowing that you know you you you've changed from a hairdresser to a full-time healer. In many ways, it means that the way you, the people you interact with in a business a business perspective is very different. But also, as you worked on yourself and as you've, you know, kind of become the healer that you are now, and you've kind of you, you've dealt with your stuff and you've released the contracts that no longer serve you. But then, when other people see that, sometimes they don't like change. So it's like. People leave our leave our environment when naturally when soul contracts are complete, if we're open to it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we hold on because it's like we're thinking, well, no, hold on, I'm not ready to let that person go. But a lot of the time it's because of your expectation and the fairy tale you had of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I love your analogy of, of 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 driving the bus because sometimes I feel like we are driving the bus and we are in control. Other times I feel like it's it's the universe, God, source, our guides, whatever you want to say. Is driving the bus because, you know, sometimes we're in control of, of, you know, kind of humanly what's happening next. A lot of the time, you know, God, the universe source has its own plans, takes us in a different direction if we're open to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love the saying, you know, it's great when our plans come true. It's even better when they don't because it means God's universe, our guys' plans come true. So it is, it's really interesting when, when, when we think about the the journey of soul contracts and, you know, if we ask our listeners, I'm sure everyone has lots of examples of people they thought were going to be in the friends, they were going to be in the life, all that, the whole, they were lifetime friends. You know, you were, you were ride and die kind of people, right? And, and then all of a sudden, maybe something happened and there was a, a major shift or maybe you drifted away naturally. Mm -hmm. And maybe just taking time to think about that and, you know, kind of what does that mean to you is is, is a great thing to do because because the other weird thing is, isn't it interesting how some people come back into your life? And again, you thought that you thought that they'd left, you know, maybe they're, they're friends. And it is interesting how the universe guides people in your, into your life when you're ready. And... And I really feel we're at a phase now where we are being pushed to expand. We are being pushed to, you know, really expand using our gifts. And I, I really feel the universe is sending new people to us. People to guide, people to mentor, people who are going to mentor us. Because we're in a new, new phase. Yeah. So again, I'd ask, what are you holding on to? 
What do you need to let go of to expand? What do you need to, you know, are there soul contracts in your in your in your orbit that aren't serving you? What would your advice be, Stace, for somebody that is kind of questioning their their existence, the current soul contracts in life? What would you what would you suggest to people? Like I said earlier, I think there's no powerful, no more powerful a tool than the practice of journaling and sitting down and getting honest with yourself about those contracts in your life and are they serving you? Do you need to release them? And really diving deep into that, I think is, is where it all starts because the awareness has to happen first. And a lot of us don't even take the time to be insightful about the relationships that we have in our life, our lives and are they serving us or are we holding on to them and they need we need to let go. So that to me just feels like a great place. You know, having a conversation with someone is great as well, but I feel like the conversation needs to be between you and yourself when it comes to this because somebody else isn't going to have the same um, insight as you are about those relationships in your life. And though it's great to get advice from people at the end of the day, it's a very deeply personal decision, whether you keep these people in your life or you release them and end that soul contract. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And sometimes Sometimes we've got to just close ourselves and close our eyes and just ask. Ask your guides, ask them, tell me, is this whole contract complete? What is this whole contract trying to teach me? Because that will give you insight. The other thing to bear in mind is when you get triggered, um, when you get annoyed at somebody, or that normally means there's something that's inside you that you don't like. And maybe that person that is annoying you has a soul contract to annoy you to help you to understand and integrate whatever that lesson is. So maybe the other question to ask is, who are the people in your life that really annoy you? And ask, what are they here to teach you? What are they here to expand? And you know, just take time to understand that. And um, yeah, take it from there. Um, You know, as we come to the near the end of the podcast, Stace, um, you know, we will we always kind of forget to mention the software, some of the things we're working on that we just we we said we'd do earlier in the episode. But as we close this episode out, I do want to remind people that we do have a promotion right now on 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 a prize draw for for a an, a joint Akashic record with me and Stace. And um an Akashic record is a record of everything your soul's been through. So when you get a joint reading from us, um we connect with your guys and we share a message and we're, we, we're a vessel basically for your guys to share a message that you need to hear. Always a beautiful experience. You always get an opportunity to ask some questions, but when you book both of us, you get divine feminine, divine masculine. So we have a prize draw for one of those readings. And the way you can enter is by writing a review and, and posting on whatever platform that, that you're listening on or, um, Post about us on on social media and tag me and Stace. Those are the two ways that you can you can um, get a joint reading. 
The other thing is we also have some promotional pricing on joint Akashic Record readings, which are finishing very soon. And reach out to us if you want to know anything more about mentorship. So Stace, as we as we finish this episode, any anything else you want to share? Any additional journal prompts? Anything else you want to share with our with our beautiful audience? I would just encourage you to take a closer look, friends. Take a closer look at those relationships around you and ask yourself if they're serving you and if so, how. I just feel like this is one of those times where um, we can all feel a shift happening and we might be taking a closer look at ourselves, but what about those around us? So I encourage you to take that step. Great, great advice. Um, as always, Thank you for, for listening to this episode. Thank you for all the feedback we get. I feel so, so blessed with all the feedback we get. Um, yeah, this episode was interesting. We went kind of deep. It kind of is connected to last week's rebirth. It's Everything's connected, right? Um, yeah, the other thing I should have mentioned is we we also do a 12-week mentorship program. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can book a free discovery call by from any of our websites. Stacey, I love, love sharing this episode, this space with you and I love being on this episode with you. Can't believe it's, it's 50 episodes. Wow, that's gone super, super quick. And um, I'm looking forward to the next 50. Me too, buddy. And being your, sending you all lots of love and light. And uh, yeah, wishing you an amazing, amazing day. Thank you for being here. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with you very soon. Um, just to mention as we close off, you can follow us on Instagram. We have lots of content there. We go live at least twice a week. Uh, join us on Clubhouse. We, we, we're there at least twice a week too. Yeah, lots of different ways to interact with us. So thank you all for, for being here. Thank you all for listening. And I, we will speak to you all very soon. Bye for now.